welcome to the Blended Kingdom Families Podcast. We are your hosts, Scott and Vanessa Martindale, the founders of Blended Kingdom Families. Our ministry serves to equip marriages, unite families, and ignite faith so that you can flourish an abundant kingdom life. We pray that our podcast blesses you today. Hey guys, Scott and Vanessa Martindale here with Blended Kingdom Families. At BKF, we believe now is the time to change the modern day interpretation of the blended family. Absolutely, you guys. As a blended family ourselves, God laid it on our hearts to build a ministry that helps support blended families by equipping your marriage, uniting the family unit, and igniting your faith. Our mission is that you would be touched by God and experience His goodness through this ministry, that your family would have practical skills, resources, and tools to help you live that abundant blended life. Hey guys, welcome to the BKF Podcast. We are so excited that you are here with us today. Before we get started, if you haven't had an opportunity, please take a minute, subscribe to the podcast, hit the like, follow, share. You'll be the first alerted when new podcasts are released, and we would really appreciate that. But today, we are excited to welcome some amazing guests with us, very talented. Jocelyn and Aaron Freeman, you are here with us, and we are excited. Yes, hello. So glad to be here. Thanks for having us on the show. Absolutely, you guys. You know, I just want to tell you all first about Jocelyn and Aaron. And you guys, they are so much fun. I love following you guys on social media. And just (laughs) y'all do all these fun little videos and clips and everything. But you guys, Jocelyn and Aaron are known as the couple that coaches couples. Mm. And they do it well, very well. They are the authors of the new book, The Argument Hangover, which we're going to be talking about that today. And it's launching next week. Like that baby is going to be out in the universe. So we are so excited for them. Um, The Freemans are the creators of the Couples Workshop and have hosted over 700 couples in person and online. That's a lot, you guys. That's amazing. Um, Their mission is to provide couples the relationship skills that none of us learned growing up, which, Mm. yeah, no. And to make it the new norm to proactively work on the relationship, which is so important, you guys. Um, They are also the creators of the accredited relationship coaching certification. And God, wink, wink. Um, And they're the founders of Empowered Couples University. And so we, again, you guys are just so honored and blessed to have you with us here today. Talk about your new book um, and just learn more about you. Oh, thank you for having us. Let's dive into some juicy questions. Yeah. (laughs) Well, before we do that, uh, we want to talk a little bit more about, tell us more about you guys. Yeah. You, your, your, your history together, your family dynamics, what you guys enjoy doing, just kind of anything that you want the audience to know. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many different layers of our story, but just to share, when we got together, we were not perfect for each other. You know, we had completely different upbringings and past experiences in relationships. So when we got together, it was pretty quick where Aaron tried to break up with me, which is a story we could definitely share. But what we noticed was even though we had a lot in common, obviously, like we both came to love each other, we realized that from our upbringings, from our past experiences, we were not equipped to be great right off the bat. We had communication patterns. We had conflict patterns. As a quick example, my parents went from being madly in love, people envied their relationship to divorce, cops called, divorce court. It was very intense. And Mm. as a kid, I was like, how is that possible? And I started to repeat a lot of their patterns. 
Mm. I started to fight how they fought. I started to communicate how they did and repeat that in relationships. But your upbringing was different. I mean, yeah, I grew up in the Christian church. So I took on wholeheartedly the philosophy of not having sex before getting married. And though growing up even in a Christian K through 12 school and going to church Mm -hmm. multiple times a week, I was really the only person I knew even in that school that hadn't had sex. And so Mm, as I progressed through high school, I progressed through college, it became something very embarrassing for me to talk to talk Mm -hmm. about even with close friends. So I bring that like the embarrassment into the marriage. And so it's like, okay, wedding day, said the vows and we did it in the morning. So like in the afternoon, it's like, okay, we're married what has changed for the experience of embarrassment and shame I've had around this area mm-hmm. just because yeah. we stood in front of each other and said our vows didn't that, that wasn't still there for me. Yeah. So I think yeah. thankfully I realized that at some level though we have love we're compatible. We see this life for us. There are some things that I'm really not yet equipped for. What, what, what have yeah. I done about this embarrassment to actually talk about it with each other without getting yeah. triggered, without having an argument hangover yeah. and actually have a sex, uh, healthy sex life. Yeah. And sex and intimacy. And yeah. we can share more about this in the mm-hmm. questions, but his parents didn't fight in front of him. So where mm-hmm. mine did, and I saw a lot of mm-hmm. fiery exchanges, he saw his parents kind of shut down and leave the room. So all in all, we had completely different backgrounds and that showed up early yeah. on in our relationship. And so we learned, you know, we really got to dive into relationship skills that we now teach other couples. It's amazing. No, I love it. Yeah. I, I think anybody who's been married a while would probably admit they were unprepared to be married. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, whether they're, they're going to go through the counseling or go through the process, or they're just going to kind of rough it through, uh, at the end of the day, our, our, birth, our growing up, our college days, none of that teaches anything about compatible marriage. It just does not. Um, So I'm glad that you guys recognize this and I hope more couples understand Mm -hmm. that even though you're having issues in your marriage, don't, it does not mean that you can't be married. It just means you haven't learned how to communicate or to fight or, you know, look at the different things about arguments that make a marriage healthy. So Mm -hmm. I, I love it. So let's let's dive into the book, the argument hangover. Oh, I'm I sorry. love that and you actually Jeff- said that in a conflicts are going to be what strengthens you. Mm-hmm. Sure, I love that you already mentioned that because I think wherever you are in your stage of relationship or marriage, it does initially seem like we should avoid conflicts, or if we have them, we're not doing that great. But you yeah. even just said it right there. No, conflicts are there for you to even grow and to be stronger. Mm. Yeah, no, that's so good, and we talk about that like in the blended family dynamic too, like not necessarily like arguing in front of your children, but it's good to see healthy conflict because they understand what forgiveness is. You know, yeah. they can, that that's how they learn that stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, talking about, you know, your family, Aaron, and that you, they, you didn't see your parents argue. Uh, I don't think full on fights are <laughs> supposed to be in front of the children, but there's nothing wrong with, you know, an argument, a restoration, a forgiveness, mm. and mm-hmm. let your children see that. How else are they going to learn it? Right. Um, I, I would rather them learn it from me than from anybody else and yeah. from, from our marriage. So, yeah. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people will kind of show that there's tension, but mm. then not show the makeup. Right. You know, show 
prepare. And that's where, I mean, we will see people be distant for days, weeks, kind of giving one word answers to each other. And the Mm. kids pick up on that. And so they can tell when something hasn't been repaired fully. Mm. And I think that's what's impactful. It's not that conflict happened. And as you said, like you don't have the full conversation in front of them, but they can tell if it didn't get repaired. And that's what's impactful is seeing two people that are supposed to that's love right. each other, not come mm-hmm. back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so good. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, guys, let's, let's talk about your book. So first of all, the title, who came up with that? Cause that's pretty <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, it came out actually in a coaching session that we did a couple years ago. We were talking and it, they were describing this couple. They were like, yeah, we got into an argument a few days ago and we've been sluggish and we've been tired. And we haven't talked with each other that much. We've been feeling guilty, and low energy. So I said, oh, it sounds like you're in an argument hangover. It kind of just like <laughs> fell out and they laughed. And they were like, that's exactly what it feels like. And so we started to use the phrase with our clients and everyone always was like, that's what it feels like. It's such a good term (laughs) for it. Well, tell us about a little bit more about the book, kind of your heart for writing the book. Yeah. Mm. I think the main thing is that those conflicts are not something to be avoided because Mm. in either way you get yourself into a trap. If you avoid conflict, Though in the short term, that might seem like a good thing because of the avoidance of short-term pain, you only build resentment in the long term. Hmm. So the other side is, okay, well, we have conflicts, but then you do more damage with how you fight, the things you say, the actions that you take that do way more damage to your partner than what it initially started by, like the dishwasher. And then you say, well, that's just like your mom, right? So you're already way into the week, (laughs) into that point. So- Really what the heart of this is, is challenges are not to be avoided, but then also not to be reactionary. And Mm. so the goal is actually, as we have found, shorten your argument hangover periods, but then also keep those periods from escalating to doing the damage. We think that's the aim, not initially to have less, Mm -hmm. but then of course, as you shorten it and you keep them from escalating, you're going to have this emotional connection. You trust one another. And then that is what will lead to having less arguments. Just to give a quick real life example, a couple nights ago, (laughs) we had kind of a silly disagreement. It wasn't about something that was actually that important in the scheme of life. Anyone else ever have Mm -hmm. those? Not that important of a topic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But even though it did get somewhat kind of, we were both feeling, yeah, charged. And we paused, we said, hey, this isn't constructive anymore. I was able to come back literally three minutes after we took a pause and say, hey, I want to have a good night. Like, I'm sorry for how that went. And we can talk about the whole repair conversation and what Mm -hmm. that looks like. In the past, before really discovering and and practicing what we teach people, I could have in past relationships been upset for days, Mm -hmm. giving Mm -hmm. the cold shoulder, one word answers, and I would be justified. You know, Mm -hmm. I would be like, oh, I I can be like this because they upset me. And Mm -hmm. so we would lose out on life. And that's what we want is like couples to not miss out on life and good experiences and those moments Mm. that you can't get back because you don't repair fast enough. That's good. Mm. No, I love that. So good. Well, and when you were talking about how, you know, how to shorten it, I think, you know, and Aaron, you said trust. And I love that because we've even, we've even talked about that in counseling Mm. before where you, you know, it's, it's, letting your spouse know like, hey, I trust you, 
but I need just a minute. Whatever like that pause is, like you said, mm. Jocelyn, you t- it took you three minutes, you know, like, hey, I trust you, but I don't like where this is going. Like, let's pause. What is just some practical advice that you would give, you know, for people who really struggle in this? Because I think this is something that a lot of couples struggle with. And then, you know, you go to bed mad and it affects you the next day and it carries on and on and on. And what, mm. what are some things that you would, you, what advice would you give? Yeah. So what I'm hearing is you're even in the during conflict stage. So in our book, we actually Mm -hmm. break down, there's three stages of conflict. So there's before conflict, there's during conflict, and then there's after conflict. And the reason why it's helpful to know is because people want like tips and tricks, but it's helpful to know like when to implement each of them. And so what I'm hearing in your question is, the during. So things are starting to get heated, right? Whatever mm-hmm. it started about, emotion is starting to arise. Maybe one or both of you has gotten emotionally triggered. Now you're realizing it's not constructive. And that's mm-hmm. the first thing that honestly is a skill is becoming aware of when you are triggered. Mm-hmm. And how do you know? You know you're triggered when emotion is arising and you're starting to say or do things that are outside of what you would do in a calm state. Mm-hmm. See, when we're triggered, we aren't thinking rationally and we aren't in our best selves. And so we can say or do those things that really like aren't our true selves. So that's how you know when you're triggered. But the thing is, most people don't recognize when they are. Yeah. It just starts to drive their action and drive what they're saying. And that's what causes the damage. So we actually say, of course, we have multiple techniques for the during conflict stage. But if you can even focus on recognizing you're triggered, So that takes more emotional awareness. Mm -hmm. It takes being more present and then alert your partner, say, I am triggered right now. And why that does, what that does is simple as that sounds, is it number one is a pattern interrupt for you. It keeps you from going down the normal steps, but it also lets your partner in on the fact that you're triggered. And so they can be like, okay, I got it. Let's, let's not act from these triggers here. Anything else you'd add for that stage? That's good. there's a there's a great relationship there between saying I'm triggered because we work with couples that one partner will say that, but it won't get honored by the other person. They keep yeah. on saying something. Then you get emotionally flooded and you're like, I've asked you to stop, but you keep on going. Right. And it's like then you slam a door on them or something. So if you have an agreement. So this goes to the before you set agreements for times of conflict. And I'm going to get to your point, Vanessa, about trust. If you come to an agreement, for instance, to say hey, let's agree that when one of us says we're triggered, we're immediately going to pause, honor that person saying I'm triggered, and then we'll come back to that conversation in, let's say, 10 minutes. That's good. So when you give that agreement, then you're in it and say, I'm triggered, and your partner honors their word around that, that builds trust to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I can trust that when, when I make a request to Jocelyn, to help me emotionally and she does it, I think that's where conflict really helps build the trust. If you have the awareness of triggers and agreements, you're like, Mm, I I can trust you when I'm vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the next time you tell me to clean the living room, can I say I'm triggered? Well, that that might not be the, it's not an excuse. I love that. It's not. I, I was, I, Thanks, Jocelyn. I needed that. <laughs> Aaron, I, I saw it. I saw an in. I thought you were trying to yeah, tell exactly. me something there. Um, no, I, I, I love the advice, uh, you know, and again, just that emotional awareness of arguments. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it's, it's hard. You know, yeah. 
I'm a counselor. She's in school to be a counselor. You guys, you have conflict. So even though we, we teach and live this stuff, it's still difficult. Yeah. So I, I love that you're, you're teaching practical tools. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, also, I can't get past like the image now of you like sitting on the couch, you just eat <laughs> some popcorn, and you're like, no, I'm triggered. <laughs> and he would so do that too. You trust just gave me, him, Aaron. Yeah. I will use that. He, he's going to use yeah. it. Because he eats popcorn. He's like one of those people every night has like, the you know, you eat cereal or you have your favorite snack. And he's the popcorn guy. So I totally see him doing that now. <laughs> I'm going to teach my, my boys that too. Uh, just so they can be like, no, I'm triggered. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. It's great. Um, we've talked a lot to uh, other guests about healthy and unhealthy conflict. Mm -hmm. And so not all conflict is detrimental to marriages. So mm -hmm. from y'all's perspective, what is good, healthy conflict versus what is unhealthy conflict? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's multiple answers we could give to this. The one that stands out to me right now is actually in how you even see the conflict itself. So couples, and I used to be this person that conflict was bad. You don't want it to happen. And it would trigger a lot of insecurity in me. Do you actually love me? Does this mean something's wrong with us? And that's when people will avoid conflict altogether. Like Aaron talked mm. about earlier, it builds mm. resentment. So even avoiding conflict is detrimental. That's unhealthy. Yeah. Conflict is mm. avoiding it altogether, mm. but also I would say an unhealthy pattern in conflict is remembering it as something that shouldn't have happened. Ah. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've even had calls from couples, they're in Fiji and they had an argument and they're like, it's ruining our entire day. When they don't repair it, and they let it go days because their ego, they've got pride. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the one to initiate it again. Now they remember that day as something they wish hadn't happened. It was bad. It's good. What we say mm. with healthy conflict is you are able to come together as a couple and say, how are we better from this? It's good. How are mm. we stronger? What do we know now? But most people don't do that. They just remember it as a bad event. And so then they don't want it to happen again. When we changed our perception to when we learn to fight smarter, we actually are stronger. We know more about each other. We heal things like you can actually heal things through conflict. Yeah, that really mm. is. I know it's a perception thing, but perception is what drives action. Yeah. Anything else you'd add there? <clears throat> Oh, I was just thinking that the uh, I like analogies and visuals. Mm -hmm. So when a conflict happens and essentially it's like the ringing of a bell in a boxing match. So now mm -hmm. you're against each other. So that would be unhealthy conflict. Now, if you can use the skills and the tools and you change your perception that it's more like a basketball team going mm -hmm. against another team, you're on the same side and mm -hmm. your opponent is actually your disconnection, your not seeing mm -hmm. things the same way, the challenge that is facing you together as a couple. That's a mm -hmm. healthy way to approach it yeah. rather than the boxing analogy of like, ding, ding. Now you're doing things against each other. Yeah, well, that's so good. I can remember a couple of <laughs> boxing matches that, uh, <laughs> man, marriage is fun. Uh, it's good stuff. Well, can I jump into, I want to say something that kind of what you both just said reminded me of is I really hope that people listening can get 
that it's actually not serving your relationship to avoid conflict. Yeah. yeah we'll sometimes go, oh no, no, we we're good about conflict because we don't argue much, but when they do, so it's like, okay, you might not have an argument for a while because you're avoiding it, but when you do, it's huge. Mm-hmm. So like Karen talked about, you avoid a short-term pain. It really is important that you get more comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can you get more comfortable having a hard conversation that you're able to do in a calmer state because you're addressing it earlier on then, yeah. oh, we didn't have an argument for a month, but then it was a blowout, you mm-hmm. know, stayed up all night mm-hmm. arguing yeah. with each other. And so that's a pattern, like avoiding really is unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, too, whenever, and this just reminded me of this, is that, you know, instead of avoiding it, like sometimes your spouse will come to you. And I know this, I've done this in the past where like Scott's coming to me ready to like apologize and make amends, but I'm like, I'm avoiding it because I'm still mad. So then there's that rejection of like, Hey, I'm trying to make this better. And you still want to be angry. But I love that you said that not avoiding it, but more like stepping into it. It's kind of like fear. It's like, you know, don't let fear keep you from doing something like let that drive you to do it. If mm. that makes sense. Mm. Well, and, and I like you, Aaron, I love analogies yeah. and visuals. So if you look at this and you say, hey, you know, we have a boat and we're in the ocean and, you know, there's going to be a crack. There's going to be water leaking in. If you face it and you and you fix that stronger, that part of the boat, you make it so strong that it's not going to leak there anymore. All of a sudden, you know, throughout your marriage, you're just going to build a stronger marriage. You're going to build a stronger boat with the more leaks. So, you know, conflict is a part of life. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. Uh, living with each other is not easy. We have four kids. It's it's crazy. Um, but I think, you know, and again, I would just give hope to marriages. You may not know all this stuff when you start getting married. You may not mm-hmm. know it your first two or three years. It does get better. It does get better, and, and and Jocelyn, to kind of point to something you said, which I think is such the imperative in marriage conflict, is you start thinking there's something terribly wrong with your marriage. Right. You know, and, and, and let's be honest, where it goes is, is my marriage over? Like, is this the start of the downslide to divorce? Mm-hmm. Is, that where, is that where we're at right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and some people will run for the door, other people that will scare them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, just as any, you know, married couple, yeah, I remember we, we got in an argument not too long ago and I remember saying like, we're still married. We're going to be married forever. <laughs> I just don't particularly didn't have a great day. You know, it's just, that's just yeah. the way that went. Well, and I think too, over time and, you know, and you learn it and, and that's so gr- That's the great thing about, mm-hmm. you know, having these tools and what you guys do to help people because some people just don't know, but it's learning also how to posture yourselves and your heart in these moments and just saying like, okay, God, Mm -hmm. like, what is the lesson in this? What is the lesson that we need to learn as a married couple and as individuals? Is there something in my heart that we need to fix? Or is there something that, you know, that's impure or whatever that is, but then looking at it as, you know, as a, as a couple and as in your marriage, you know, what is it learned yeah. in this situation? So absolutely. Yeah, just to your point, you know, I believe that the reason that we came here, why, why God incarnated us into this form is for our own evolution of our spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, there is no better place mm-hmm. 
to mm-hmm. notice the places for you to grow, yeah. the holes in your own boat, then mm-hmm. to be in a relationship because the marriage reflects back to you very clearly the places that you get triggered, the things you take yeah. personally, mm-hmm. the places that need to be upgraded in your own belief, your own trust in God, your own trust in that mm-hmm. these life events are actually happening for you. That doesn't show up anywhere else as personal or yeah. directly to your heart than with the person that you're married mm-hmm. with. Absolutely. That's so, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's it so is. Good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not always a pretty picture to look back and forth and to, to go, okay, you know, what are, what are we seeing here? Um, one thing I want to dive into, you know, when it comes to the argument side and um, is about how do you deal with, communicate with partners that have different personality types? Mm-hmm. So let's say, you know, we always joke. So you've got a monkey, crazy, the donkey, Reserved. Boring. Hmm. Uh, I like to have fun, but not as much fun as she does. So we're just different in our personalities. Uh, we're different in terms of how we refuel our energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes out in conflict sometimes. So what encouragement would you give to a, a married couple that their personality types are just different? Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was after we had literally thousands of conversations, with couples, we realized that communication is not one size fits all. Meaning, because sometimes people would read a relationship book, they'd read, you know, something online of communication and they'd try it and their partner wouldn't do it the right way or do it like they thought. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 that's not what the exact communication tool is. Mm. And we realize that there are actually four communication personality types. And so we've got some great visuals in the book that because mm. I know a lot of people are visual learners to see yeah. this. I love visuals as well. Mm -hmm. And so there's four types just to go into it briefly, because there's two scales from assertive to reserved and Mm -hmm. then from flexible to inflexible. Mm -hmm. And depending on where you fall, we have a good like self-assessment in the book as well, where you can score Mm -hmm. and get get one, get a report there. Mm -hmm. And depending on where you fall and more specifically where your partner falls, they need a different approach. They need a different way you initiate conversations. They process thoughts and emotions differently, and they also speak their mind differently. And so as an example, in real life, Aaron falls into reserved inflexible, Mm -hmm. and I fall into assertive inflexible. Now, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. We're human beings, so we're dynamic. We can Mm -hmm. change. We can evolve. These communication personality types are what you default to. So -hmm. when you're not aware you're not consciously choosing your actions it's what you tend to do when Mm. you're in kind of like autopilot right Mm. yeah so because he's reserved and flexible this this is what was so helpful to me because i'm assertive i would just bring up things whenever i want to talk about them right if it's on my mind i don't care what you're doing you're in the kitchen you just had a meeting i'm bringing it up and that would make him kind of shut down, get frustrated. And he, and I'd be like, hello, hello. Cause he'd be shutting down. I want to talk about this. And he'd feel rushed and yeah. feel like he was being forced into the conversation. But I would even talk even more because I'm trying to get access to him. Like, no, tell me mm-hmm. what your thoughts mm-hmm. are. So yeah. once I, this is just even one of the small nuances of these types. Now, what I do is I say, Hey, I'd like to talk about moving is this weekend good for you? You know, would you be up for that Saturday over to talk breakfast? about it, not to move. Yeah, yeah not yeah. To, move, <laughs> to, to talk about it. And that literally has eliminated 
unnecessary arguments, tension, power struggles. Mm. And that's just one of the small things. But when all of you understand your four communication personality types, hopefully, you know, for those of you who feel called to read the book, you'll know how to approach your partner in a way that prevents a lot of disagreements. Yeah. Well, that's good. See, you can learn this stuff. It's good stuff. It is, yeah. I mean, I'm taking in all kinds I of mean, stuff. I mean, it yeah. is is good. <laughs> I'm just telling I have you. one for the reserves, if that would be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So a lot of times the reserve, well, for me anyway, the how the reserved is, I would not want to say something that I wasn't clear about or that I wasn't articulate well, because then I would think to myself, well, I'm going to sound stupid or I'm fumbling over my words. Mm. So also because I saw my dad pretty much just not say anything, that's, that's what mm. I did. Mm-hmm. So when I'm needing to process something, even for a few seconds, the Jocelyn's assertive type, mm. where'd you go? I'm like, it's been 1.5 seconds. <laughs> but rather than me just kind of going to process what emotion am I going what I want to say I need to at least cue in my partner that that's what I'm doing Mm. yeah hey I'm just not getting the words yet so I'm just give me a few seconds to think and process that right the reserve has to start to at least share a little bit about what's happening in there so Mm -hmm. that they know that you're still engaged but you can still make a request Hey, I'm just going to think about this for a few minutes. Like for me to say something to her, mm-hmm. at least let her know I wasn't isolating her. Yeah. Well, it's like a compromise or a meet in the middle. You know, it's like, hey, I get what you're saying and we're going to get there, but I need a minute or like, this is what, this is what I'm thinking. I'm processing. And you do that to me too all the time. Yeah. Well, and, and let me, one of the things that came to my mind, Aaron, is if you don't talk about these things yeah. in calmness, If you, you know, I I look at a couple and they say, you know, if you're a couple and you're married and you're like, dude, we just don't fight right. You know, we just, our arguments are explosive. Yeah. They're always ending really bad. But you may be hearing this and you're like, we're in a good season right now. You know, Mm -hmm. things are good. Well, let me tell you, get the book and Mm -hmm. read and in calmness, in practice, you can learn these tools. These are not mm-hmm. tools only for the highly emotionally intelligent. You know what I'm saying? Those people who can trigger their emotional intelligence at a moment's notice mm-hmm. and they know in height of argument exactly what to say. Mm-hmm. No. It, it needs to be practiced. It needs to be discussed in calmness. And and I love that, you know, again, if you're a couple and you're hearing this and you and this is a trigger conflict in your marriage, this is the time to go get educated, read this amazing book, you know, learn how to improve your marriage. So, Well, and good marriages don't, I mean, we don't, you know, we we talk to a lot of, um, especially blended families where, you know, they're empty nesters and um, they're like, they're like, yeah, it, it wasn't always this great, but we promise it gets better, you know, and it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen overnight. Like it takes practice. It takes 
being intentional and working at your marriage. It takes learning your personality types or mm -hmm. what your love language is or how your spouse receives communication and gives communication. And that's where having those mm -hmm. um, conversations and like we've been talking about you guys, you know, the, the conflict and like not avoiding it, but just, you know, I don't want to say like basking in it, but just being like, okay, this is it. Like, let's talk it out and let's learn. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. If I could share and just kind of even go off, uh, Scott, what you were saying. Mm -hmm. If we have one intention for any couple that we talk to or gets this book, it's really this. You know, we're called to be unconditional love, right? Because yeah. that's that's what God is. Mm -hmm. When we think about the term unconditional, that means not based on external conditions, circumstances, or events. Now, here's the thing, Scott, that I have to say about what you were mentioning. You don't want to have a relationship where you say things are good right now mm -hmm. because of how the events happen to be. That's mm -hmm. conditional. We feel good because the kids mm -hmm. happen to be getting good grades good. or the kids yeah. are not fighting each other or they're just not complaining, right? Right. We would desire that no matter what events are happening in your relationship, you have That's the good. tools that you are unconditional in that you have the love, you mm -hmm. communicate to understand, you mm. adore this person or you yeah. trust them no matter what is ever mm. going to happen in your life because you do not control the circumstances. Mm. God brings the circumstances for your growth yeah. and we don't know them. We don't control yeah. that, but you can control your unconditional experience within and That's for good. the relationship. Preach it. Aaron. Preach. That was good. That was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Well, you guys, you know, we're coming to an end here, but what, if you had a, a you know, we minister to blended families, but we're also a marriage ministry too. So if you had a couple sitting in front of you and maybe it's a blended family, you know, what just nugget or big piece of encouragement or advice would you just impart to them today? Well, and, you know, we're grateful we serve many blended families. And I think it's really incredible when people are choosing to bring everyone together. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would really say that what you want to model for your blended family is what healthy communication and conflict looks like and to mm. not turn away from challenges, but actually show your kids, show people around you that, you know what, when you lean into challenges, you come out better than you could have been without the challenge. Yeah. And so I would just say lean into the challenges, which for me was a completely different thing. I was leaning away, resisting and avoiding because I was uncomfortable and ultimately because I didn't want to lose love. And look, conflict does not mean you will lose love. You yeah. can actually strengthen your love through the conflict. So that's what I would say. That's so good. It's good stuff. Aaron, anything you want to share? <laughs> I think that's really it. It just yeah. has me think based on how Jocelyn and I both grew up uh, that being more involved. Yeah. And if you got your kids more involved in the conversations mm -hmm. and they were more clear about what does happen in a relationship, yeah. even being healthy, the conflicts that come up, how you process emotions, how you don't react to your emotions and how you bring that together. I just think talking with your kids more about how those challenges show up would allow them to see, 
oh, I watched my parents use challenges for their own growth and yeah. trust in God and to pursue what we came here for. And yeah. as they go out into the world, they won't be so fearful about challenges or conflicts in the relationships that they get in. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Yeah, we, we're raising a teenager right now and it's, uh, you know, we see him going through conflict and it's, it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. so important that you teach your kids how to deal with conflict. Yeah. I can't even stress it enough. So I'm so grateful for that. Guys, our, our last question yeah. is, we are blended kingdom families uh, mm-hmm. and we ask all our guests the same question, is what is a blended kingdom family to you? Well, just to connect it to the topic that's on our heart lately, right around the argument hangover, what comes to mind is, right, like when I think of kingdom, I think that God is present in your home and that you're committed to love within the relationship. Mm -hmm. And one of the most loving things that you can do is initiate repair conversations faster. And so for all of you who are committed to creating, you know, a kingdom based household, you know, love and, and your faith being a huge part of that, ask yourself after a disagreement, how much life am I willing to give up to not being loving? right now. Mm, You know, when you're avoiding repairing the conversation, you're avoiding love being back in the conversation, back Mm. into the relationship. So I would just remember, like, if I repair faster, we get to come back to love faster. And that's what we're truly committed to. I love that. That is so good. Man, these guys are on fire. I know. I I know. Well, you guys tell our listeners where they can find you, the exact date of the book launch, and your website, social handles, all that stuff. And we're going to have it up, but we just want y'all to tell them, anyways. Thank you. So, The Argument Hangover is hitting shelves on Tuesday. Yay! Available, of course, online, and then it'll be going into a lot of different bookstores. And so, of course, you can search any retailer for the Argument Hangover. But also, we wanted to gift even more value to people so people can actually get $200 worth of bonuses, a communication and conflict course, and a workbook to Mm -hmm. debrief after Mm -hmm. conflict. So you have some of those questions to go, you know, what was the benefit of this argument? How could we be better next time? Mm -hmm. And those can all be claimed at theargumenthangover.com. And so if you guys want to support our book launch, you know, as soon as you can, you know, grab a book that helps. And then Mm -hmm. we've connected with you guys on social media. We're really social on Instagram. We're meet the Freemans and we Mm -hmm. respond to all the DMS on there. And our website is meet the Freemans, but really I feel like when people go to either Instagram or our website, they can see everything that we have. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining Mm -hmm. us today. We're just so honored Mm -hmm. and blessed and humbled that um, you guys would just meet with us, talk about the book, and just give the audience just practical advice. So Mm -hmm. I know that there are people out here listening who it's just, it's going to bless them in their marriage. So thank you. Wonderful. Thank Uh you. Yes. Well, you guys, if you haven't already, take time to subscribe to our YouTube channel, our podcast, click the notification, the little bell, ding, ding. Um, and you can be notified whenever we have a podcast episode come out every week. Mm-hmm. Also, you guys, we just want to encourage you, if you haven't left a review on our iTunes, if you would do so, we love hearing your thoughts and just your feedback on mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh, today, we want to read what Trenton Chaplin wrote about 
BKF podcast, and he said, the BKF podcast is such an amazing, amazing resource for blended families. I love that Scott and Vanessa not only share their blended story, but allow other ordinary people to come on and share their stories as well. Each podcast is filled with useful information that any Christian family can apply to their own life. So thank you so much, Trenton. Thank and you, Trenton. Yes, you guys, again, thank you so much for being here with us today. We love y'all, and we hope that y'all have an amazing day. Have a great day. Be blessed in all that you do.